are live. We'd like to say good morning to everyone. We trust that you've had a, a pleasant uh, and a prosperous week. We'd like to say good morning not only to our local assembly here as well as uh, our online community. We thank and praise God for them. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for our online community. Amen. Amen. It seems like each week they increase more and more. Uh, we're thankful and we're grateful. It's important that the Lord has allowed us the ability to be able to, to uh, stream worldwide so people are still able to hear the gospel. Uh, before we go into our text, I want to say two things. One thing is uh, a while back, God told us we need to start taking the vitamins to build our immune system. I, I pray those of you that's online has been able to, to do that, uh, go out and purchase you some vitamins. Uh, if there are some, any members from local churches, uh, please, ma'am, please, sir, uh, try to do that for your congregation. If it's, if, you, if it's not possible, if you would contact me at 864-381-2150. That's 864-381-2150. And we will see um, about getting you packages of um, vitamins. We're going, to, we're going to do that. We've already taken care of a couple other churches as well. We've given them um, vitamins uh, for their congregation. So we thank and praise God for that. And the second thing the Lord said to us, besides the taking the vitamins, because we know that there's the, the coronavirus is on the rise, is that we need to start restocking. We need to start restocking food and stuff. <clears throat> uh, in, as he revealed to me in scriptures, and we shared it on Wednesday night, the past two Wednesday nights, that there is going to be um, a, a uh, wave, four waves, really. Each one is going to be more severe than the other, and we need to go ahead and stock up on our food and supplies because we don't really know what the outcome is going to be or how long it's going to be. But I just want to pass that on um, because crops, vegetation, all those things, um, you're going to see a decrease and you're going to see inflation and things are going to be happening. So please, ma'am and please, sir, <clears throat> govern yourselves accordingly. Amen. But today, today, we're going to go to the book of Revelations, chapter number 21. Revelations, we're going to begin in chapter number 21. Prayerfully, we'll be able to just teach this thing today. We're just going to teach uh, <clears throat> Revelations, chapter number 21. Father, bless your word. We thank you right now. We ask, Lord God, that you just hide me behind the cross. Let none of me be shown. But, Father God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit, he will bring back all things to my remembrance that you have given unto me. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Revelations chapter number 21. <clears throat> Revelations chapter number 21. You know, oftentimes when people think about um, Jerusalem, we, 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 we're always looking at a locale, uh, a location. But the reason why we, we now, God has taken us into the book of Revelations chapter 21, is because we need to begin to prepare we need to begin to prepare to meet our soon-coming king. Everything that we're experiencing, everything we are witnessing, uh, is, is a, uh, a prerequisite to Christ's coming, Christ's return. So <clears throat> it's important that we know who we are, and it's important for us to make ourselves ready for his return. Now, Revelation chapter number 21, it begins as this in verse number 1. <clears throat> are we there? 
It says, and I saw, John is speaking. He says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. Now, there's a lot in these few verses that we're going to work with this morning. Now, the first thing we're going to see in verse number 1 in chapter 21, it talked about a new heaven and a new earth. Now, the Greek meaning of that word new there, it means there's a freshness. There's, there's going to be, there's a new freshness. There's going to be a freshness about the, the new heaven and the new earth. And then it goes on and says, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away. And then it says, and there was no more sea. One thing we've learned to do here at, at House of Destiny and, and, and many of that does that study and many that do um, that does a lot of stu- uh, teaching or uh, sharing with anyone else, the first thing we like to do is begin to look up and see what the, the definition and the meaning of these words. Now, when you look at the word sea, it talks about it's, n- it's not going to be any more sea. When you look at that word sea in the Greek, it, it does not mean sea as we know it in the natural. That word sea there, and this, this blew my mind when I looked it up, it says there will be no more race or unrest. And I'm like, what do you mean, God, no more race or no more unrest, no more sea? What, what do you mean? No more sea. And that word sea there meaning no more race or no more unrest. So God says, when I, when I begin to ponder on that, the Lord said, the reason why there will be no more race, because we all will have a universal mind. Race will not come, in, come into play when it comes down to the new heaven and the new earth, when there's a new freshness upon the earth. So, so we don't have to worry about that because, see, we are preparing ourselves right now for, for that freshness, for that new heaven, for, for that universal mind. Everyone having the same mind. Right now, everyone don't have the same mind. That is why there's so much unrest. Can I get an amen on that? So we will have a universal mind during this time of the new heaven and the new earth. Okay. All right. Don't have to worry about no race. It won't matter what color you are. It won't even matter. That that will be uh, done away with. Everybody will have the same mind. Universal means worldwide. We all will have the same mind. Now, and verse number two says this. He says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I, John, saw the holy city. Now, when we look at that word city, that word city there means warfare, and it also means a battle or an encounter, that, that word city. So John said, what I saw was 
the, the, the warfare, the battle that the saints had gone through, and now we're going to see the end result. He, he saw what we all will be going through because when we get to the Scripture, we're going to see why we go through what we go through. So John says, I see this, this, this freshness that's coming down from heaven, New Jerusalem. He says that it's a holy city. Now that it's, it's a pure battle. I mean, everything is going to be pure. And then he says where he's coming from. He says, coming from God. And then he says, it is prepared as a bride and is also adorned for a husband. And when we look at this, sometimes most people, they, and people have taught it because they haven't really dived into the scriptures, they, they will begin to think about a locale, not, not, not so much in the spiritual sense. Because here we speak, we teach in the spiritual sense. I'm going to show you, and the title of our message today is The Mystery of the New Jerusalem. The Mystery of the New Jerusalem. Now, look at verse number 9 and and chapter number 21 in the book of Revelations. Verse number 9 says, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vows full of Seven last plagues. That means the last seven calamities that's going to take place. And he said he was talking with me saying, come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Now remember now, we were talking about the city, right? The battle, New Jerusalem, right? Now he says, John is saying come because the angels are doing something. He says, now come, I want to show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Watch what he reveals, the mystery of New Jerusalem. Watch what John is revealing to us. Verse 10 says, and he carried me away in the spirit. Now, see, if you're not in the spirit and you're not spiritual, you won't catch this. Amen. You've got to have a spiritual mind. You can't have an earthly mind and dealing with a spiritual word. How many know that this word is spiritual right here? This spiritual word. Amen. He says now in verse 10, he says, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And watch what he shows him. He says, he showed me that great city, the what? The holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. So what did he see? New Jerusalem coming down. And the new Jerusalem is nothing except the bride of Christ. What he sees and what he's revealing, he is showing the bride. New Jerusalem is not, like I said, it's not a locale of Jerusalem. That's not what it is. What he's revealing here, he sees the bride of Christ. He sees the church, the saints of God coming down. That's who the new Jerusalem is, okay? The new Jerusalem, it's, it's the new Jerusalem, the freshness. It is a mystery to be able to understand what's going on here. He says, I'm, I, I see the bride. They're coming. I mean, they're, they're with God and they're coming back. Okay? Now, let's go to 1 John chapter number 3. All right? We're going to teach you a little bit. Okay? 1 John chapter number 3. Chapter number 3. Yeah. 1 John chapter number 3. And we're going to begin at verse number 1. Remember now, we're talking about the mystery of New Jerusalem. Now, the bride is New Jerusalem. 
See, ain't nothing funny about God. Now, we got to understand that. We all are the bride of Christ. Amen. Whether you're male or female, you're still the bride of Christ. You are that new Jerusalem that's going to be coming back. And it's going to come back for a certain purpose. And we're going to deal with that mystery as well. Now, 1 John chapter number 3, verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. We now are the sons of God. We are the builders of God. We're from the, we're the builder of the family of God. That's who we are as saints. That's who we are. Even though it may not look like that, amen, sometimes we may not feel like we are a son of God. And because our life may not exemplify that we are sons of God, but here is hope in the next few scriptures, okay? Because, see, we're the bride now that's coming down, all right? See, Christ is coming back, and he's looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. Now, right now, we got some spots and some wrinkles, right? Can we, keep, can we be real in the house? Amen. We've got some spots and some wrinkles. Amen. We're not ready. Amen. Amen. But here's hope in, in verse number 2, 1 John chapter number 3. It says, Beloved, now. It says, Now. Are we the sons of God? Not later on, but he says right now. And then he says, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So the Lord is saying right now, right now, you are the sons of God. He said, even though when it comes down being the sons of God, it says that when, when, we, when he appears, even though we don't look like the sons of God, because that's what it says in verse 2 and 1 John chapter 3. It says, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. Anytime something is shall be, that means it has not yet come into existence. Amen. So don't, 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 don't worry and don't give up. Don't lose hope and all that because we have not reached the mark yet. Amen. So we haven't reached the mark yet. So that's letting us know do not give up hope because he says now, right now, see God, the, the, the beauty about God is this. God sees us totally different than what, how we see ourselves or how someone else sees us. Amen. He doesn't, see, you, you've got your brothers and your sisters and they look at you and they got, they got, uh, uh, situations and circumstances that may have happened in, in the lives of people. They began to look at you as something else. But that not, that's not how God sees us. He sees us through the blood of Jesus. So when He sees us through the blood of Jesus, then He sees us as pure. He sees us as His bride. Because the Word says now, it doeth not yet appear what ye shall be right now. See, it's a right now. It looks like, come on, y'all, let's get real. It looks like we won't make it in, right? That's especially with exemplifying our life the way it is now, right? Can, can we, is this not an honest house? I would hope so. Amen. Because this, this is a house where we're real about where we are, who we are, and, and, and we all got some stuff. Amen. We all got past, amen. That's why we don't do no judging up in here. 
Amen. Because see what happens, if we try to pull the closet back on someone else's life, then God said, well, okay, God will pull back the closet on your life. Amen. That's why we got to be careful because we have not yet appeared or yet arrived to be who we are in Christ. But there is hope. There is hope. Because he says now, that means right now, even though it does not look like it, like we are the children of God, because of the things that we do, we still have hope. Because he says when he shall appear, we shall be just like him. That's phenomenal. When he shows, when God shows up, when Christ comes back, he splits that midair, and, and we will be that bride. We're going to be that bride. Because, see, by that time, we'll have it all straightened out. God will make sure we straighten out. Amen. Amen. So, so that's hope. That's hope. Now, verse number 3 in 1 John chapter 3 says, and watch this, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Look at that. And every man that hath this hope, what hope is it? The hope that we still got some room and God's going to make it possible. And when that time comes, when he appears, we're going to look just like him. That's our hope. So we can't give up if we ain't got it right yet. If we've missed them all, we can't, we can't give up. Because he says when he shall appear, then we're going to be just like him. Amen. So that gives me hope. But then he says there's something that we have to do after this hope, knowing that Christ, God sees us through the blood of his son Jesus, and there's still hope for us because we're still missing the mark in some places. Amen. Because you know what? Sin is sin. Can I deal with that? Sin is sin. I don't know where man got this from about measuring sin. Sin is sin. I heard one amen. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. If you're gossiping, it's sinning. If you're telling lies, it's sinning. If you're homemonging, it's sinning. I mean, you go to the book of Revelation, he says, whatever you're doing, if you're unjust, if you're fornicating, he says, keep on doing that. Because, see, when he comes back, he's going to be looking for that church without spot or wrinkle. Sin is sin. That's why we can't judge nobody. Can we get an amen for the Holy Ghost? Amen. Sin is sin. We, we, we like to measure people. We like, we like to put ourselves up above people. And we got junk all up in our closet. Amen. Amen, amen. But see, the thing is, he says now, he says, after the hope, then he says, in him, he says, purify himself. There's some work that we have to do. There's some work that we have to allow God to do, and it, it is called purification. There's some purifying has to take place while we're going through waiting, and Christ is waiting for us to be just like him because we're in the process that's why the scripture says, um, when it talks about the same shall be saved, those that endureth to the end. The same shall be saved. If you don't endure to the end, you just miss the boat. You can start off on this race, and you can stop midstream and still not make it. Because the word of God says, he that endureth. I mean, when, when trouble comes in your life, you still got to endure. 
No matter what the situation that goes on in our life, we still have to endure to the end. To God says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen. He says the same shall be saved. That's scripture. Amen. Now let's look at what's got to happen in that purification in order for us to be like him when he appears. Because we know, we know that we, we have stuff. And because we have stuff, sometimes we don't want to let go of the stuff that we have, right? Anybody still holding on some stuff? Don't want to let it go. Well, I'm going to tell you when trials and tribulations come, what God is doing, he's trying to help us get rid of that stuff. Amen. That's what he's doing. All right. Now, let's go to the book of Hebrew. Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter number 12. Yeah. Hebrews chapter number 12. And we're going to begin looking at verse number 6. We're talking about the mystery of the new Jerusalem. The mystery of it. The mystery. See, in order for us to be like him when he appeared, there are some things that has to happen during the duration of our life. A lot of times we don't like it. Amen. Uh, we're going to show you in the scriptures how we complain, what happens. Now, Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 6. I suppose they do have it up. I'm not one that comes down too much. Hebrews, oh yeah, they got it. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 6. It says, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. Whenever God's giving you a beat down, can I use that word? You got to have that mindset and know and understand it's because he loves me. He's preparing me to, he's shaping me, he's forming me into becoming that bride that's going to return. Because we don't like to turn loose from anything. So he says now, for whom the Lord loveth, he, ch- he chasteneth. Okay? And then he said, he will then receive every son who receives. See, sometimes we don't want to receive the beat down that we know we're due to have. Amen. We, we don't want that be that beat down. Amen. But we have to think the way Christ thinks because we got to all have a universal mind by the time Christ appears. So we got to understand, okay, I'm going through this because Christ loves me and he's trying to make me let go of that thing that's earthly that I love. Come on. Y'all can't tell me sometimes you ain't in love with sin. We're mighty quiet up in here. Cause some t- <laughs> Thank you, brother. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. You can't, you can't say to God, well, you know, uh, I didn't love. I, I, we love sin. That's why man does what he does. That's why we do what we do. Because sometimes we're just in love with that thing called sin. Even though it, we know that it's going to bring damnation, it'll bring hurt, harm, and danger to our life, but we still love it. And we still do it, right? Come on, holy folk. You know, let's get real. Let's get real in here. Get real. See, that's why Christ has to do what he has to do because he wants us to be received as those builders, to be received as that bride, that new Jerusalem. That's who you are, the saints of God. We are that new Jerusalem that's going to be coming down from above from God. But we've got work to do. i got work to do. Y'all got work to do? Amen. We all got work to do. Okay. All right. Now, he says this in verse 7. 
Hebrew chapter number 12. We won't be before you long. Now, verse 7 says, watch this. If, if, if now, if ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with a son. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Verse 8 says, but if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. See, we've got to learn to accept the chastisement of God. We've got to be able to endure the chastisement of God. Because he's dealing with us as a son. You know what a bastard is? A bastard is one without a father. So when, 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 when we're chastised by Christ, that lets us know he is our father. He is our heavenly father. But we've got to endure, not throw in the towel because you're going through hard times now. You can't throw in the towel. You've just got to be willing to, to go through this thing. I'm, how many people have been going through hard times or have gone through a hard time? He said, now don't give up. You've got to endure because, see, you've got a prize at the end. You've got to, see, that's your hope. That, that's your hope of glory. You, you've got a prize at the end. God, New Jerusalem. Oh, my God. New Jerusalem. You know, and then he says this now. The next place, uh, verse number 9 says, he says, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection Unto the Father of spirits and live. Now, in the natural, you have corrected your children sometime or another. Amen. And, and before it's over with, somebody's going to correct them while they're here. Amen. So he's saying now, if, if you can, can correct your children and, and you're operating in the flesh and they, and they give you reverence, you know, then he says, why don't we understand that we need to give the Father reverence when he's chastising us? We need to reverence God for the chastisement. Now, watch verse number 10. Why, why is it that we're going through this chastisement? Why is it necessary? Remember now, we talked about the mystery of the New Jerusalem, okay? And we identified that the New Jerusalem is that bride, which is the bride of Christ coming down from above. Now, this is why we need the chastisement according to the word of God. Now, verse number 10 says, For, the, for they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. We're talking about in the natural. And I'm talking about those fathers that chastise us. But then it says, But he for, talking about Christ, But he for our profit that we might be partakers of, of his holiness. So the purpose of the chastisement of God upon our life is to advance us into holiness so we can be like him when he appears. Did y'all get that? So it's welcome, to, even though we don't want to welcome chastisement, because nobody likes to beat down from God, right? But yet we got to understand it's for our good. It's for our embetterment. It's for the betterment of our souls because it yielded something. It yields the peaceable fruit 
oh, of righteousness. We've done again. It it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. See, there's a prophet. See, we want to be a partakers of holiness. We want to be a part of holiness because he is holy. Now, I'm going to read that verse 11 because I just messed that up. Now, verse 11 in Hebrews 12 says, Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. So anybody want to raise their hand and say, oh, I just, en- I just enjoyed Christ beating me down when I do, uh, do wrong. Anybody? Surely not. If, if so, we need to examine you. Amen. <laughs> you need an examination. Amen. We need to put you on the table and see what's wrong. We, we need to do some, some dissecting. You know, we need to run some tests on you because the Bible says nobody enjoys chastisement. It's not joyous, but it's grievous. It's hard on us. When God chastises us, it's hard on us. But then he says this, Nevertheless, afterwards, afterwards, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. When God finished doing with us through the trials, the tribulations, the hardship, the pain, when we have to go through all of that, it yields something. It yields the fruit of righteousness. It yields the fruit of righteousness. And then it's it's such a beautiful thing because when he finishes with us, when we finish it with us going through the trials, the hardships, the difficulties here on this earth, when, when he returns for us, his bride, the new Jerusalem, we're going to be yielding that fruit of righteousness. See, that's hope. That, that is hope too. Hope is not, not only as we read in First John that we shall be like him when he shall appear. So that means God has given us a space of repentance, and by the time he returns, then we're going to be everything he wants us to be, to be able to be a part of that, that royal family, because we've been going through many trials and tribulations and the great tribulations that's going to be upon this earth. We're going to be in right standing with God. Righteousness. We will be in right standing with the Father. See, that's the mystery of the bride, of what the bride has to go through. We've got to go through some things in order to yield righteousness because we have not yet arrived. We have not yet arrived. Amen. We have not yet arrived. So it's okay, but ask God to have mercy because, you know, we can't ask God for mercy. Because if, if God, if he did not give us mercy, Lord have mercy, we wouldn't even survive. We, 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 right now we're complaining and, 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 and see, what's the word? Um, complaining and, and, and having a fit and jumping up and down and whatever because we can't go. One point we couldn't go to work. Before that we complained about having to go to work. And when they say, no, you can't go to work, we're going to shut everything down. Then we start complaining because we couldn't go to work. But yet before that, you know, we was tired of going to work. Think about it. Can we be real with ourselves? Amen. Amen. And now we, 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 we're complaining about, you know, they don't pay us enough. So when they laid us off, or when some of us got laid off, they gave you a little extra money, that extra 600 which is unless God changes things, it's going to run out July 31st. But were we good, good stewards when, we, when God gave us that extra money? Or did we go shop? 
Woo! Then we go buy new car, new clothes. Where you gonna wear new clothes to? They can't, you can't go nowhere. We're complaining about even putting a mask on. I went in a store yesterday and I'm like, Jesus, help, Lord. I was the only one in the store that had on a mask. I started to run for my life. Because you went right now, we do not know what truth is when it's coming down to man. Whether this thing is airborne or when somebody's catching it, you better, you better follow what God says. God said, build up your immune system. Because this thing is going to get worse out here. It's going to come in a, in, in a series of waves. I mean, one right after the other. And by the time it gets through, everything is going to be destroyed. So you've got to learn to stock up right now. See, not only stocking up in the natural, but we need to stock up in the spiritual. Where it really counts. Because, see, if you're operating under the umbrella of God in the spiritual, God will protect you. He didn't said it in, 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 in Psalms 91. He said it won't show up at your door. It won't even come to your dwelling. That's what the word says. So I'm going to be under the umbrella of God. Amen. So what God is trying to do is prepare us to meet him. Many of us don't believe he's coming. But let me tell you, he's coming. That's why he's trying to get us right. He's trying to get us right. Now, okay, now next place we want to go, we're almost done. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Ch- Ephesians chapter number 4. We're one that shows you the scriptures, amen? Don't want you to go out of here without having the scripture, having nothing to back you up with. Because a lot of people are going to catch hope to something and they run with part of it, not the whole story. Amen? Ephesians chapter number 4. Remember now, we talked about the mystery of new, that f- the freshness of the foundation of peace, Jerusalem. Foundation of peace. Talking about, and, and we're that new Jerusalem. We're that bride that's going to come down because we're all going to have that universal mind. There won't be no race. There won't be no unrest. We will all have the same mind, which is the mind of Christ. Now, Ephesians chapter number 4, looking at verse number 15. Verse number 15. Are we there? Amen. Now, verse number 15. Ephesians chapter number 4. It says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ may grow up. That means we have to grow into this thing. Verse 16 says, From whom the whole body fitly Joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Okay, now what does all of that mean? What does that mean? It talks about that we will be a body that's fitly joined together. We're going to be compact and every joint supplies. Every joint. Everybody in the body of Christ has a purpose. I don't care whether you, just like my, my hand here. Uh, the pinky, that little finger has, has a purpose. The next one has a purpose. The next one has a purpose. The next one has a purpose. Even down to my thumb, they all have a purpose. Well, to be, to, to, to make it more personal, uh, somehow, I guess maybe 
five weeks, six weeks ago, I, for whatever reason, I do know what I, why I did that, uh, I had my shoes off here in the church, and I was running around trying to clean up, do this, that, and the other. And I messed around, and I ran into the pew over there by Eustace Kitchen. I, I ran into the pew, and I broke my little toe. I broke my toe. So I walked around, and, I, you know, I just, it was hurting. And Dr. Manley kept saying, no, you got a broke toe. I said, no, I don't have no broke toe. He said, you got a broke toe. I said, no, I don't have no broke toe. And it kept on hurting. He said, you got a broke toe. You need to go to the doctor. I said, no, I'm not going to no doctor because I don't have a broke toe. Well, lo and behold, when I go to the doctor, what did I have? I had a broke toe. Amen. So it had to heal. But I had discomfort. It let me know how significant that little toe is. I don't care where you fit in in the body of Christ. You are important because the word of God says every joint supplies. Each one gives something to the body of Christ. Never think that you're insufficient. Never think that you're inferior when it comes down to, to the body of Christ. We all have a part to play. I don't care what it is. We all have a part to play. And this is the illustration that God gave me. And I, I wrote it down and I kind of laughed. And God gave me this. He said, it's, use this as an example. He says, now, the keyboard is an instrument of sound. The keyboard. Can I get a little keyboard? It's an instrument of sound. It's a, the keyboard is an instrument of sound. It's an instrument of sound, okay? But he says this. Now, if you want harmony... You got to have some voices. Can I get some voices? Amen. Amen. So if you want some harmony, you've got to have some voices. So you got to put it all together in order to bring about harmony. So God said that's how the body of Christ is fitly framed or, or, or compacted together. You've got to have harmony. You can't have one without the other in order to have harmony. Amen. See, if you don't, in, in, in a household, if you don't have love on both sides, then you don't have no harmony. Amen. Amen. But he gave me that illustration. It was just so plain. He said, even though the music, the instrument of the music, the keyboard may sound good, but, but if, if it's going to get true harmony, it's got to have some voices over there in, in with that music. And when you begin to get, begin to, to sing and they play together, it brings about perfect harmony. And he said, that's how the world is going to be in the end when he shall appear. We are going to be in perfect harmony. We're going to have a universal mindset. There will not be any races. I'm sorry. Heaven ain't like that. There won't be that. Uh-uh. He said, there won't be none of that no more. No more sea. No more rest. No more unrest. No more sea. There won't be any of that because we're going to have a universal mindset. And why do we need a universal mindset? I'm glad that you asked. This is the last scripture. Let's go to the book of Revelations. Amen. Revelations. Thank you, God. Revelations chapter number five. Revelations chapter number five. We're talking about the mystery of the New Jerusalem. The mystery of New Jerusalem. This is why the chastisement has to come so we can be like him when he appears. That's our hope. I may not be where I need to be right now, but when he finishes with me through the chastisement, then I will be like him when he appears. And this is why he's doing what he's doing in our lives. Revelations 
chapter number 5 and verse number 10. Are we here? Are we there? Revelation chapter number 5, verse number 10. It says, He hath made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall do what? Ring where? On the earth. We shall ring on the earth as kings and priests. For those got that pie in the sky thing, and we're going to go up and we're going to have a place up yonder, that, that's not what the book says. He said our rulership, when, when that, that freshness, when that new heaven and that new earth comes down from heaven, the saints, the bride, we are going to be ruling right here on earth, but it won't be the same earth. It's going to be a freshness. It's going to be different. But here we are, the bride of Christ. We're going to be ringing with Christ. So that's hope, people. That's hope. Don't give up because you error. Don't give up because you fall short. Don't do that. That's part of the process. Because we shall be like him when he shall appear. You're the bride. I'm the bride. The last thing I want to share Maybe a couple years ago now, it might have been longer. I went on a 21-day fast, 21 days without food or water. I think the last day I kind of took, put water and put it on my tongue. And every seven days, God will reveal to me something. And to make a long story short on that particular dream, God showed me a lot of things. And I, it showed me that in the process, I failed, but I had a passing grade, which was a D. But the other thing God showed me and during that time of that fasting was this. I saw people going up a hill, and there was going to be a wedding. It's going to be a wedding. They were going up the hill. Out of all the people that was going up, I only recognized one face. And that didn't mean that the rest of the people, there wasn't somebody I knew or whatever. But that one person was Minister Gerard Briggs. I'll never forget it. And I saw him as clear as day, just like everybody else was just going up. And then I was being prepared to be a bride. And I saw this beautiful dress. Beautiful. Beautiful dress. Beautiful dress. It was the most gorgeous thing I had ever witnessed in my life. And the wedding was supposed to take place at 4 o'clock. But the only problem was I was too afraid to put on the veil, too afraid to put that crown on my head because I felt like at that time in the dream, if I had put it on, that at that moment I would have died. But the beauty of that is God let me know how glorious, you know, that day is going to be. How wonderful that day is going to be. When, when we all come in with that universal mind, and he comes down with his bride, because we're in that new Jerusalem. Come down with that bride, and we are going to rule here on earth. You're kings, and you are priests. That's what the word of God says. You're not a pauper. <laughs> That's not who you are. That's what man fed you. Mm-hmm. Man fed you that. But what God is saying to all of us, he said, we are kings and priests. We are royalty. I heard one amen. Y'all don't believe you're royalty. I, I am royalty. Say what you want, regardless of what you think. 
I am royalty because God said he didn't made me that. He's made me a king and priest. I mean, I'm royalty. You got to start telling your own self in your mind, I'm royalty. I'm from the blood of Jehovah Jireh. I'm from the, I'm the blood of Jesus Christ. You're in his bloodline. Don't let man tell you who you're not. You just tell him who you are. See, that's the difference. Just like, no, I'm New Jerusalem. I'm the bride. I am the bride that's going to rule. You just better hope I don't have to be the one to rule you. See, that, that's the next thing we got to say. That's just a joke, y'all. Come on. Come on. Come on let's be real. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. New Jerusalem.